Hey there, if you guys are good, we're going to get this seminar started. I know you guys are wondering why in the world is that Chinese man up there? Because we came here for Gisela Lu, and I absolutely totally get it. So I just want to make sure that you all have the confidence in knowing that as my wife is sharing with a mixed group, if there are any questions about whether or not she is under the covering of her pastor, she absolutely is, because that's me. So uh, you guys are going to be incredibly blessed by this time and refreshed by her. And so without further ado, I'm going to introduce my wife, Gisela Lee. Guys, I feel kind of fancy being introduced, you know? I'm like, hey. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so happy you're here and I love seminars because they're just a, like an intimate family time. And I just, I'm going to talk a lot because that's why you're here. But at the end, we're going to have a time to talk together. You're going to have opportunities for questions or comments, ideas. Uh, and so that's, that's really my favorite part is when I get to hear from you. So that's exciting. Um, let me go ahead and start with a word of prayer as people are trickling in and we'll jump in. Father, I thank you so much that you are faithful, God. And I thank you that if you can talk through a donkey, you can talk through me. Lord, you are faithful, and we are ready to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Okay, guys, if you don't know me, my name is Gisela Lou. And yeah, guys, and if you want to yell or clap, I am so down for that. I, I believe in celebration and being obnoxious, so if you, you feel free. Um, so, and I'm so glad that my husband got to introduce me so that you can see my other half because I'm totally in love with him. And we uh, get to together uh, serve in a church, Awakened Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Ooh, yay! I know. And we've been doing that together for 26 years, as long as we've been married, um, as we planted the church, the college church, and then we grew into the community church. And together, as he mentioned today, we have four incredible kids. I mean, guys, we enjoy them. We take delight in them, just like God takes delight in you. And I'm happy that they're all here this week as well. Uh, and I am also glad you got to hear from Frank first because today's topic is godly boundaries. So if you realize at this moment that this was not what you were planning on listening to, you can sneak out the back now. But godly boundaries is our topic. And Frank Lou is gifted at setting and enforcing godly boundaries. He's intuitive at it. And, and I, I mean, he does it consistently and it's, it's incredible. <laughs> Me on the other hand, guys, I am not gifted or intuitive at setting boundaries because I am all or nothing. I'm either celebrating and wild and dancing or I'm in a coma. There is no in between and if there is, I feel really weird about it, okay? And, and so, it's, it, it is a challenging practice for me. And if you're here, maybe it's a challenging practice for you too. And just so we're clear on what I'm talking about when I say boundaries, I mean it limits set lovingly in order to maintain or preserve healthy relationships. The boundaries we'll talk about today are limits set lovingly in order to maintain or preserve healthy relationships. Okay, that is exactly what I did not have for many years. And just so you know how deficient I was in this area, I will let you know about a story. One of many, when we were back in our college ministry days, 
um, I was like, okay, we're in ministry, I'm all in, let's go, let's serve, let's do anything, everything, all the time, for everyone. And one time, I had the flu, I was sick, I was congested, I'm pretty sure I had a fever of 102, I was dizzy, and just, just not feeling well. One gal, college gal, calls me up, oh, can I come over? I was like, of course. Of course you can come over. Mistake number one, right? So she comes over, and I'm like, hey, how are you? I'm just trying to be so loving because I want her to feel love. She sits down on the couch. We're chatting. And then, of course, I, you know, I offer her something. Oh, can I get you a drink? Let me, let me serve you as much as I can. Sure. I'd love some water. I get up. I go to the kitchen. I pass out on the kitchen floor. I don't know how long I was out. She never came to check on me. <laughs> but I... I get up, I'm a little disoriented, then I remember, oh, oh no, my friend has been waiting for her water. <laughs> Let me get her water. So I go and I'm, and then I, I give her the water and I say, I'm so sorry you had to wait. I, I passed out on the floor. And her response is like, oh, it's okay. And then she continued to talk to me about her life and everything that was on her precious heart. And I listened until she left. I don't remember any other part of that conversation or that day because I'm pretty sure I was in a walking coma. Okay, so I know that's like so ridiculous, right? Guys, that marked my life for years. That marked my life, why, why? And I think this is a, a problem because if, if you are an excited, zealous follower of Jesus Christ, is not your response to Christ like mine? God, whatever you say. I mean, Frank's message, right? Whatever you tell me to do, God, I'm going to do it. I happen to add on to that statement in my mind, whether it kills me or everyone I love. Wow. And that's intense, but that's me, right? That's the all or nothing I was talking about. Here's the problem that happened because of that belief and that lifestyle and that lack of boundaries. The community that God made for us to enjoy and build up and be built up by became very, very stressful for me. I did not enjoy fellowship. I would hear people talking about, oh, fellowship is such a blessing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you must be nuts. It's the worst. Every time I am around the body of Christ, I am drained, I am depleted, and I am resentful. That, that is not a way I'm pretty sure God wanted us to live. Mm. That was really hard. And then I would see Frank setting boundaries and some other friends, you know, uh, you know brothers and sisters in Christ setting boundaries so easily. They would just say no sometimes. And I was, I was confused, a little jealous, and if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I was a little judgy because I'm like, oh, what, what do you mean you're saying no? How can you say no if, if you're supposed to be serving? Okay, aren't we supposed to serve and, and die for everyone all the time like Jesus? Mm. Okay, and this is where I found myself. Now, there are a lot of good resources out there on boundaries, and then there are some that are not so good. Sure. I, I remember I read the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud four times <laughs> because I'm slow and it took a few times to repeat. So I did learn some things. And then if you look at the world's definition or social media, a, a lot of those boundaries are, are not so good. Why? Because they teach us if, 
if you are uncomfortable or if someone is toxic, and I say toxic in quotes because that language has been hijacked to mean anybody who bothers you or makes you uncomfortable, okay? Then you are to what? Cancel them, cut them off, and those are, the, those are boundaries. But that is, not, that is not the way our God works, is it? No, it's not. It's not. So I'm stuck thinking about, okay, God, I'm supposed to love these people like my brothers and my sisters, but I don't. How, how and, and can I even set boundaries so that my relationships are refreshing? Is that possible? So I'd read books, I'd, I'd read some quotes in social media, but of course we are lovers of Christ and we have to look to the word of God because boundaries were God's idea first, weren't they? Yes, in the garden, God the Father. All through the Old Testament, he set boundaries, but in the Garden of Eden, he set his first boundary with people that he loved. He said what? Don't eat of that tree. That's a boundary. He said, hey, you guys gotta work the garden. The garden. There was boundaries around where they were supposed to work. They didn't have to worry about the rest of the world. That was a boundary that God set. And when Israel became a nation, God gave them the boundaries of the law and the Ten Commandments. Those were boundaries God set in their relationship, right? But, and what happened when they violated those boundaries? Well, Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, right? That's kind of like cutting someone off, kind of. Like, not really, because he provided a way back through sacrifices and stuff. But his consequences were severe, and we see that throughout the Old Testament when any member of Israel violated the law. Okay, so God's boundaries are clear and they're firm. But <laughs> when you get to the New Testament, we see Jesus. And I really only ever saw like one boundary with him, which is when he got tired or overwhelmed. I don't even know that the scripture said overwhelmed. I don't want to put that in his mouth. But he would go and spend some time alone, right? We, we see that in the scriptures. But what about the relationships that he had with his disciples? He, he served all day, the crowds or his disciples. He ate with them. He was always around people or completely away from people. He healed the sick. I mean, he sacrificed his entire life, his entire ministry, and ultimately his sacrifice on the cross when he died for everybody. Guys, when I see that kind of sacrificial love, or maybe even when we see that kind of sacrificial love, we can become confused because Yes, God has strict boundaries. Jesus kind of did. So that when we are hurt, when we are taken advantage of, when our friend who has capital T trauma yells at us and is angry at us, we, we have to overlook it, don't we? When someone is angry or when someone is, uh, let's say they're late and they keep standing us up, well, they have a lot on their plate. Like, I should, I should forgive like Jesus did. I should, wow. Should we love in such a way that we keep taking the punches like Jesus did? Guys, that's a hard question. And that's why we're here. Because we need to know what godly boundaries look like in our community as a people of God. We need to know what that is. Okay. So for years, I tried really hard and, and just diligently to apply truth 
to boundaries and to relationships. What does the Bible say? I'm going to do it. What I needed to do and what we need to do is also apply wisdom. Wisdom. Guys, I was missing wisdom. We have to apply truth and wisdom when we're talking about godly boundaries. Okay. So for the rest of the time, I'm going to talk about three areas in my life where I applied wisdom to God's truth and even how that changed my life. The three areas I'm going to tell you, because if you're a note taker and you like having organization in your brain, I know this is helpful. Okay. So I'm going to, the three areas where I applied wisdom were in ministry relationships, in close relationships, and I applied wisdom in setting and enforcing boundaries. In ministry relationships, close relationships, and in setting and enforcing boundaries. And when we get to that last step, just to prepare your brain, it's going to be a how-to, and there's going to be four steps on that third point. Okay? You feel like your brains are ready? Okay. Great job after lunch, guys. You're doing so good. <laughs> All, right. All right. So the first area I applied wisdom to truth in ministry relationships. When I began uh, the ministry with my husband and the team of other church planters, I came in so zealous. I mean, I don't, I've always been kind of zealous. But I was claiming and walking in the truth of 2 Corinthians 12, 15, which says, I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. And guys, for years, I applied that verse to everyone that was in my orbit with equal energy and zeal and attention and commitment. Hmm. That wasn't wise. That wasn't wise. Why? Because God teaches us wisdom in his scripture. And the wisdom comes from two scriptures. The first one is 2 Timothy 2.2, where Paul is instructing Timothy this. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Huh. Interesting. There is wisdom in being selective because the scriptures tell us so. The second verse that helped with wisdom in this area, we find in Mark 3.13, and this is Jesus himself. When he was calling the disciples to himself, it says this. He went upon a mountain and called to himself those whom he desired. And they came to him. He called to himself those whom he wanted. What? It's wise to be selective and strategic. When we are <laughs> spending and expending and spending our souls for others, um, guys, God tells us. It is wise to be selective and strategic. So I thought, okay. And it felt very uncomfortable when I received this wisdom. It felt like I was being mean. 
and being almost like elitist and that felt icky. But we know to put God's word above our feelings. So I, I started to practice this awkwardly. I began observing, okay, who really wants to grow in Christ and not just rope me into their drama or continue to complain to me about all the things that they are not willing to change in their lives. Like, who really wants to grow? Can I, can I do that? Yes, I, I must do that. So it took several years of practicing that. And even like, okay, who do I think is fun or cool or who do I click with? Like that, that happened. I filled my schedule with people who wanted to grow, who were in the ward, who were basically running in my same direction, which was towards Jesus and towards the mission of Jesus. And something incredible happened. I started to really enjoy fellowship. I started to be so much more effective in my ministry. I know that God does not always owe us fruit. Like he doesn't, he will make the fruit happen, but we don't always see it, right? And that's okay, that's okay. But what was so neat as I um, <laughs> grew in my understanding that relationships can be reciprocal and we can kind of lean on each other as we're leaning on, leaning on Jesus and carrying the right amount of emotional weight. Wow then ministry becomes so much more fruitful. Uh, and I, like, there are still people who are like wanting to have my time or have coffee or go on a walk, and, and that's okay. And what I do, here's a little <laughs> pro tip. If there is someone who really wants to spend time, time with you, but you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it, or I'm not, this is not strategic, let's use that language, then what I have learned to do is I will schedule them at a time where I have something right after. And so I can give them my full attention and love them in that moment. And in my heart, I know there's an end. And they know, and it, they don't feel unloved. They're just like, okay, there's something else she has to do. But my priorities are the people who are chasing after Jesus. I'm selective. I'm strategic. And something else that has happened, which, guys, I, <laughs> I can't even believe it. The... Wisdom-led obedience that God has brought me into has created fruit beyond my imagination. There are, and again, this is God's glory, not my glory. There are women teaching at Faith Walkers that I have poured into this year. How does that happen? Oh, when we listen to God, when we listen to God's wisdom and God's truth. And you guys, it's, it is never our own like self-flagellation that makes disciples. It's wise obedience, okay? So, in ministry relationship, wisdom. Second area where I learned to apply wisdom to truth is in close relationships. And guys, I literally just learned these lessons this year. Like, just this year. So this is hot off the presses. <laughs> and, and, oh, but it, God is so sweet, okay. So when I genuinely love people, I want to keep a close relationship to them. In the past, I have been 
afraid, straight up fearful to set boundaries because I don't want to put distance between me and them. I don't want to. In ministry relationships, it was wise and strategic to put some distance between some people and that it really is fine. But what if I love them and I don't want distance? That's why I think this area is a lot more challenging. And it, and it was for me. Mm. Wow. So, man, and then the truth of how to love people is all over the scriptures. And the truths that I was holding on to in my close relationships are 1 Corinthians 13.4. Love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. Guys, sometimes people have a bad day. We can be patient and kind, right? If we, especially if we love them. Proverbs 19.11. It is to your glory to overlook an offense. Man, Jesus turned the other cheek. We, shouldn't we do that also? And of course, John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Man, there, there doesn't leave a lot of room in these close relationships to do anything other than die to yourself, right? Lay your life down. Overlook. But this year, and it had something that had been going on for a few years, a very, very close friend for years. I've known her since grade school. I, I, we kind of kind of grew up together, and uh, I helped lead her to the Lord. And, I mean, I love this woman. I love her so much. And she has been through uh, awful things, like capital T trauma, all through her life. And then her 23-year marriage, which ended not so long ago, was very difficult, and there was abuse and trauma. Guys... Doesn't your heart just break, break for her? Yes, and I already love her, and so I'm just ministering to her, and you know she lives in a different city, so we just talk on the phone or text or whatever. Um, and then something started happening in our friendship as she was working through things, and as things started to come to the surface, she became very angry and reactive. But I mean, rightfully so because of all she's endured and all that she was enduring. And then because she knew I loved her, I became a very safe and reliable target for her anger. And then she began accusing me of not loving her enough because I, why didn't I reach out more? Why don't I do this and this and this? And, I, and instead, of, instead of any other possible response, but I couldn't even think of one because I'm supposed to lay my life down for my friend, I would apologize and say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I would try to, I would redouble my efforts to love her well and redouble my efforts again and redouble my efforts again. I was so discouraged, so defeated, so much so that whenever she texted, I would flinch. If she called, I would kind of do that. I would kind of sigh and like, uh-oh. And, 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 you know, sometimes I, I thought, okay, well, let, let me try to be a friend because, you know, I, I was trying to get counsel. Share your life with her. I'm like, okay. So if I had a bad day, I'm like, yeah, you know, this would happen. And she's like not even listening to me, like acknowledging that I spoke and would just share something else that was going on in her life. And I was like, well, but I, but I need to love her well because she's going through these things. She's going through these hard things. Mm. So I, I had a, a very long season of my life where I loved this person. I was fearful of putting in boundaries. And 
I didn't even know that I could because doesn't loving mean laying down your life? And my sweet husband, who is intuitively gifted at setting boundaries, tried to tell me, honey, you can't allow that. You need to do this. You need to do that. And of course, <laughs> me and my sassy self was, you don't know her life. You don't know. You don't understand. And he, he'd be like, okay. you know. And it was, I mean, he, it was really hard for him to watch me get beat up. It was very hard for the man I loved to watch me get beat up. And he was so sweet and patient and frustrated. <laughs> I know, poor Frank, poor Frank, he was great. Okay, so I, I was loving her by laying my life down, maybe. I was loving her by being patient and kind. I was loving her by overlooking offense after offense. And these were the biblical truths that really kept me here. But I was not applying wisdom. I was not applying wisdom to this. Guys, and it was in the same chapter, just a, two verses down from 1 Corinthians 13.4, where it says love is patient and kind. 1 Corinthians 13.6 says, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. I was convinced I was loving her well. And if I'm going to be honest, I was kind of congratulating myself a little bit for being so, like, faithful. No, <laughs> no. Um, but by allowing her to treat me poorly, I was, by God's definition, not loving her well. That really shook me in a good way. The next piece of wisdom that was very helpful, we find in Proverbs 19, 19, and it says this, a person with great anger bears the penalty. If you rescue him, you will just have to do it again. Oh, dang. And the amplified version says it even better. A man of great anger will bear the penalty for his quick temper and lack of self-control. For if you rescue him and don't let him learn from the consequences of his actions, you will only have to rescue him over and over again. Oh, God, I've been doing this wrong. My friend was angry, justifiably so, because of all she'd gone through and was going through. Of course, I was the safe target for all of her trauma responses. But... Uh, and by allowing her to continue to treat me this way, she was continuing in that anger, in that lack of self-control, in the wrongdoing, and I was continuing to allow it. Mm. And this is where my fear really kicked in because I was like, oh no, okay God, yes, you want me to apply this wisdom and set some boundaries. And I love what Frank shared this morning. Like what if it's impossible? What if you just can't do it? You start where you can. So I just said, yes, Lord. And then in my panic and desperation, I was like, Lord, I don't want distance between me and my friend. I just want my friend back. I want my, the close relationship without being a punching, punching bag. Is that even possible, God? And of course he said yes. And you guys listen to this verse that God gave me to, to reframe how I thought about boundaries. And we find this in Leviticus 26, 46. 
we know that the book of Leviticus is God's law to his people, right? All those laws. And, and so this verse says, These decrees, regulations, and instruction that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai as evidence of the relationship between himself and the Israelites. Wait a minute. There is nobody in the history of the universe that loved or loves more than God loves his people. There is nobody that wants to be closer to someone else that God, than God wanting to be close to his people. And yet, God's boundaries, his decrees, regulations, and instructions were not a way to distance himself from his people and to distance from relationship. Guys, they were evidence of a relationship between him and his people. Not only was it okay for me to set boundaries in close relationships, it was necessary. Necessary. Because that is how God is with his people. Wow. That changed my view on boundaries. Can you have boundaries in close relationships? You must. Yes. Yay. Okay. So, wisdom in, uh, uh, in applying wisdom to boundaries in ministry, relationships, in close relationships. And then the third area we're applying wisdom to is in setting and enforcing boundaries. Okay. So after I said yes to the Lord with my situation and he gave me the verses that reshaped how I thought about boundaries, now I had to do it. <laughs> Oh no, oh no, it's really scary. Okay, but God gives wisdom to all who ask and he does so without reproach. And God gave me wisdom because he's faithful, guys. He's so faithful. Okay, so we do have four steps in how to set and enforce boundaries that we're gonna go over. Um, and I did this with my friend, oh, and it was scary. But before I get into the steps, I, ha I have to set some things up for you because the language I'm going to use with these steps might make you feel a little uncomfortable, especially if you are a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because setting these boundaries is going to require us to tune into our hearts. Wait a minute. Uh, I grew up spiritually claiming Jeremiah 17:9 as one of my life verses. Who knows it? Right? Uh, the heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And I claim that verse because I'm so emotional. I don't want my heart leading me in places I shouldn't go. Christ leads me. The Word of God leads me. The Holy Spirit leads me. Great. <laughs> However, um, when Tom Short spoke at the C1 conference last year, every time that man opens his mouth, he changes my life. He <laughs> talked about... Right? He talked about how we have either misapplied or over-applied this verse. What? Let me, yeah, I know. I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Because, let's just take a, a simple and physical example. If your physical heart is sick, do you ignore it? Do you cut it out and throw it away? Or do you go to a doctor and get medicine? Do you go and make your heart healthy. That changes things a little bit, doesn't it? And so we've gone to extremes in this area. 
And that is not the intent in God's wisdom. And if our hearts are so terrible and gross, then why does God command us in Deuteronomy and Matthew to love him with all our hearts? That's the first thing he tells us to love him with, by the way, all of our hearts. And then why does God promise to enlarge our hearts in Psalm 119.32? God can fix this, our hearts. And then, of course, Ezekiel 11.19, he takes out our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. God is our great physician. He can help our hearts. And our hearts need to be engaged in setting boundaries. Why do I say this? Step one in setting boundaries. Decide what you want. You have to decide what you want. I know that feels uncomfortable because we're supposed to deny ourselves, but Jesus, who knows all of the answers, asked this very question to the people in the Gospels, a couple of people. What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And if our Savior can ask that question, we can ask that of ourselves. Okay? What do you want? Another verse that was really challenging and shifting for me in terms of helping me be okay with deciding what I want is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. In this context, Paul is talking about giving. I think it has broader applications. And it says this. You must decide in your heart what to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. Wait a minute. Paul, what do you mean decide with our hearts? Don't you know it's sick and deceitful? Uh, okay, but like this entire conference is about, we take our heart, we take our desires, and we filter them through the Lord in prayer. And guys, guess what? You may have a desire and God says, no, that's not a right desire. But unless you are honest and name it, you are going to be stuck forever. So be honest. You need to decide what you want. And it might be a yes and it might be a no. As you ask the Lord, maybe seek counsel, but you have to make that decision. Okay, the wisdom to this truth is, it's okay for me to decide what I want when it comes to the boundaries that I need to set in my relationships. In the case of my friend, I really struggled with this because I still felt a lot of compassion for her, but I knew from God's wisdom that the way she was treating me was not okay. It was not what, how God wanted her to live. And so, I had to sit down and say, okay, what do I want, Lord? Mm. I want her to no longer accuse me of being a bad friend. I needed her to stop that. <laughs> I, I wanted her to stop that. I wanted her to ask me for what she needed instead of her expecting me to know all the time. I just wanted her to ask. I wanted her to ask me about my life sometimes. I miss that. I wanted that back. And, and I, what I really wanted... I really wanted her to know that she hurt me, and I wanted her to apologize. Ugh. And I weighed all of these desires against biblical truths. I got counsel, 
And, uh, and with all that, yes, the decision was made. I know what I want. And the second step in setting boundaries was probably the hardest. You need to make a clear request. Make a clear request. Mm. Guys, how many times have you heard people complain? Or maybe you have, I know I have. Man, they should really know. They should really know. Guys, the only mind reader is Jesus. And he still asks questions. (laughs) 339 of them to be exact. Okay, so calm down with the they should know. No. We need to make a clear request. And I really emphasize the word clear because we might think we're being clear and we're not. And sometimes when we are fearful, and it's, it's, this is especially hard if we have people-pleasing struggles, right? We'll, we'll dance around that request. Do not do that. Do not do, make a clear request. Okay. Matthew 18, 15 is really clear on that, guys. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Guys, when you point, it sets something specific, isn't it? Point out. We have to do that. We have to do, and it's really, really hard. Guys, I'm with my friend, oh my gosh. I was shaking, I was shaking, because she also has a very, very strong personality, very lion personality, um, which is one of the things I love about her, but it made it extra hard and fearful for me. So I, I wrote down a script. I wrote down, I made note cards, because I, I had to, you know, and I, and I was like, okay, and I got counsel. How do I say this? I'm like, okay, let me write it down. So I called her, and I was like, okay, is this a good time to talk? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. What do you, what do you want? I'm like, awesome. Hey, I just was really learning some things, and I, mm, man, I, I'm actually really excited because I think I've learned some things uh, about how to make our relationship better because I love you so much, and I value you so much. And if I can, I have four things to share with you, and I'm so excited. Would you be, would you be willing to listen? great let's go okay great great oh my gosh and then then oh my gosh then came the requests hey get the script out um i know you've been going through a lot of hard things and i really want to be there for you and continue to do so i just feel really hurt when you accuse me of being a bad friend because i i'm trying and i i i love i yeah i would love for you to stop accusing me what do you mean I'm accusing you? What do you mean? And guys, every single point was like that. I had to fight tooth and nail. And when I say fight, I mean calmly. I could not get all like hood on her. You know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, you know, we're both from Miami. Oh, hold my earring. I couldn't, no, no, I could not do that. So the Holy Spirit had to be like, woo So she'd be like, I'm like, and, and she was the kind of person who's like, well, what do you, when have I accused you? Show me a time. Show me a time. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I, ha- I was ready. I had the text ready. On this date, you sent me this text, and this is what you said. I didn't say that. Screenshot text. Yeah. Do you, did you see how you said that? Yeah, but you should have known. You know what? Maybe I should have. Maybe I shouldn't have. But it hurt me, and I was wondering if you could not accuse me anymore of being a bad friend. Yeah, okay. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay, second thing, and 
And it went on and on and on. And, um, and the, the hardest one, the hardest one was at the very end when I said, hey, and, the, and the, okay, by the way, at this point, when I went through one, two, and three, right, we had already been on the phone for an hour. Because at every step, she was like, what do you mean? Show me. And you know, and I was like, okay, that's fine. I will show you because I love you and because I don't want distance. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to, okay. The last one where I communicated, hey, lastly, thank you so much for listening. I know this is hard for you and I really appreciate that. I definitely appreciate uh, uh, shared appreciation after every step, every step. And finally, I just, you know, I, I know it was not your intention. Uh, I, I, I do want to end with, man, all these things that, that you've been doing for, for a few years, man, they really, really hurt. And they left me feeling really discouraged and depleted. And I would just love an apology. But I didn't mean to. I, I know you didn't mean to. I totally get that. I, I just really would love an apology. But you know, I didn't mean to. Why do you need an apology? I was like, okay, well, when you are in a crowd and you accidentally bump into someone, don't you say sorry? She was quiet for 30 seconds. And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, fair, you don't know. And, and just be, since you don't know, then can you go a little bit further and just apologize to your friend who needs the apology? Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Great, thanks. Thanks. Oh, okay. I'm psyched just thinking about it. I'm sweating. And, it, and then it was fine, and we chit-chatted a little bit longer, and it was done. So I hung up. I had made clear requests. And this is something else that's important about that step. Please key in on the term requests. We cannot make demands. We cannot make demands. So please be very careful how you word your requests. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. I would really appreciate it if you would do this. It would make me feel this way. Because it, they are, they have, God gives us a choice. God has his arms out to us all the time. And he lets us decide. We have to give the other person the same respect, you know? So make sure it is a request. Okay, so. <laughs> Decide what you want, make a clear request. The third step in setting and enforcing boundaries. Decide what you will do if they say no. That is really, really hard. Even though I, 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 I fought for it and, and this conversation ended well, I had to be ready because what if she said, no, I'm going through too much right now. I can't do this for you. I had to be ready for that. And I had to decide beforehand so that I would not shrink back. Mm. And here's the thing. Uh, I got counsel from, I have to give them a shout out, uh, Mark and Christine Wavell. They are leaders of uh, EMI Ministries and they uh, sponsor or they lead uh, this thing called Dream Weekends, which is an incredible retreat through the C1 network. Anyway, uh, so that's where I met them and, and they talked with me about these boundaries and the thing that they shared in terms of deciding what to do if they disagree is you have to decide whether you're going to choose radical mercy. Okay, well then I'm gonna keep loving you, I guess. 
I'll keep going. But you decide that. You decide if that's what you want to do. Or you can decide on radical respect. Okay, I'm going to respect that you made a decision to, to push me away, and I'm going to honor that. I'm going to honor that. So either radical mercy or radical respect. You have to decide that beforehand. Mm. Oh, and that was, that was really hard. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. In the past, when I had tried to communicate my preferences with my friend, she would either not listen or turn things around so that I felt like the unreasonable one, right? And she was right. And I, I kept thinking, mm, okay, I'm just laying my life down for I, I'm 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 giving up my life, but I wasn't. I wasn't laying down my life. My life was being taken from me. And the wisdom here, guys, John 10, 18, Jesus, Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. I give my life of my own free will. That's how the Good Word version shares it. When Jesus was laying down his life through his entire ministry up to the cross, Every step and breath and action and service and beating and pain was his decision. He decided to wash Judas and Peter's feet, even though he knew they were going to betray him. He knew, but he decided, he decided. There is a very, very big difference between laying down your life and having your life being taken from you. Laying down your life is the greater sacrifice. It is the more Christ-like sacrifice. We're not called to be cowards, guys. And I say that because I, I was a coward, and I still sometimes am. The former is Christ-like, laying down your life. The, the latter, having your life being taken from you, is the people-pleaser struggle, right? Okay. All right, so, I, so before my conversation with her, I had decided, okay, if I work really hard, because I know how she is, and I clearly communicate, and she really understand, understood everything I said and refused to honor my boundaries, what would I choose? I struggled with this, but I was going to choose radical respect. I was going to choose that. I had to. Why? I, because I was unwell, because uh, my ministry to other people, strategic and selective people, was suffering, uh, and really my husband just really advised me to do that, and I trust him. He's super wise. And super cute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and, and what that did, though, is because I knew that in my mind, it made me work really hard to win her because I wanted that close relationship. I wanted that. Okay. So, but you need to decide beforehand what you will do. Okay, guys. Whew, almost there. You're doing great. So, in setting and enforcing boundaries, the wisdom is decide what you want. Um, Make a clear request, decide beforehand what you're going to do if they say no. And the last one is really about enforcing boundaries. Enforce, okay, and this is decide what you'll do when they push or violate your boundary. Please note, I did not say if. When they push or violate your boundaries. Guys, it should come as no surprise that... When you change something in your relationship, there's going to be a learning curve. 
There's a learning curve. Just like when we first come into a relationship with Christ, we don't know all the things yet. Or maybe we'll hear them, but, but God reminds us. And we, ha- we have to grow. And maybe we have to hear it again. And maybe we have to get disciplined by him sometime. Okay. But again, you have to decide in your relationship moving forward what you're going to do when they violate or push the boundaries. Why? Because God is a promise keeper. God keeps his word and so should we. Matthew 5, 37. Jesus instructs us to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Guess what boundaries are? There are no. There are no's. We need to be faithful in that no. We need to know beforehand what we are going to do. So with my friend, like I knew, I'm like, I knew that I would have to kind of practice this and I got plenty of practice, so it's great, right? We got to get to practice the, the skills that we're learning. So I decided that if we were on, in a phone call or a conversation or, uh, and she did some of the behaviors that she had agreed she would not do, then I would just, hey, I, I, I just wanted to remind you we had that really hard conversation and you were so great to honor my boundaries and I just wanted to remind you that I feel like we're kind of getting close to, to where I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'll remind her. And what if she kept going because she was having a bad day? Then I decided that I would say, hey, it sounds like you're having a really bad day. I know you're violating my boundaries right now because you're having a hard time. So I'm going to go and hang up, but I'm going to be praying for you. Please give me a call as soon as you, you know, feel better or as soon as you feel like you can uh, maintain the friendship or however, you know. Oh, my gosh. That was really hard. She usually just was fine with me reminding her. She was, she was pretty good about that, which was great because I did not know if I could hang up on my friend. Um, but, it, but it worked out, and I had to remind her. But it was okay. It was okay. And, and I will say, when we set boundaries in our close relationships, or really with anybody, guys, they are not going to like it. And we should not be surprised when they respond in a way that is uncomfortable for us. So don't be surprised, but also don't be deterred because we are obeying God here. We're not obeying our fearful feelings. We're not obeying their bad behavior. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna obey God with wisdom, with wisdom. Mm. And And I love that the Apostle Paul showed us what it was like to set boundaries and have people not like them, and to continue. 2 Corinthians 7, 8 and 9, he says this, I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though uh, I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. Now, I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to change and repent. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you are not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, lacks, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Keep your boundaries. Expect opposition. Don't be deterred. And you guys, I want to share, because it's been a year and I've been practicing this. Two weeks ago, that friend called me 
just to ask me about my life. I, it has been years since that has happened. Guys, I have my friend back and I'm so happy. <laughs> I know. You know, and that's not to say we, we won't have some, some bumps, but God's way is the best way. And when we love each other with the boundaries that God puts in place in truth and in wisdom, then we're going to love each other in such a way that the world sees our love and knows that we are followers of Jesus Christ. Guys, it's all his plans. It's all his way. Truth, wisdom, boundaries. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So it is 2.09. I don't know what time we're supposed to wrap up. Okay, so I just wanted to open the floor. If you guys have any comments or questions or thoughts or disagreements, that's okay too. Then we'll open that up for a few minutes. You're just mouthing it. Great. That, yeah, that's a really good question, right? It, uh, uh, Julio was saying, if the apology I got didn't sound like an apology, so would I push back against that? And that's a great question. For you, you have to decide what's okay for you. For me, I knew this woman and I knew that what she did was huge. So to me, that was exactly what I was looking for. That's exactly what I expected and it was enough for me. So for you, you may want the apology to sound a different way and that's okay, you can ask for that. So great question, great question. Oh my gosh, first of all, that is a beautiful question and a humble question. So the, uh, the question from my new friend was, I am like the friend you talked about, so what do I do? And how do I set boundaries for myself? That's beautiful. I think, oh, okay, first of all, if you're a strong personality, I love you, and the body of Christ needs your strength. So I want to celebrate that first. Okay. <laughs> first of all. Okay. Second of all, yeah, I think... Um, I think you can ask your friends sometimes if you have people who are not like your personality or a little bit more timid or laid back, they might feel fearful to bring things up. And if you already you're so humble asking that question, I'm so encouraged, you can ask your friends, hey, I realize I'm kind of a big personality and that you might have things that you've been wanting to share with me. I'd love to open the door for you to do that now. Or if you need time to think, I'd love to meet up for coffee and talk about that. You know, and then keep asking. So, yeah, I think that's okay. Oh, is that helpful? Okay, thank you. That was a really good question. Great question. So the question was, what do you do, uh, or how do you decide if you have reminded your friend enough? Is this after you set those boundaries? Okay, so this is just in the enforcement. Uh, yeah, I think you decide. And I'm, I'm, my question for you is, what do you mean by enough? Like reminding them enough as in you're tired or you're ready to leave the relationship or you're ready to do what? Like, gotcha. Ooh, mm, that's a good question. So what if they keep violating the boundaries even after they've agreed to honor them? What do you do? Okay, rule of thumb, believe what people do, not what they say. That's always, you know, I heard this quote once by Beth Moore. Uh, she's like, yeah, we are told to believe the best, but we are never told to believe a lie. So I would, uh, depending on how you, what you want, and it sounds like you're ready to go, <laughs> I would, I think it's fine. Again, you pray, ask the Lord to speak to you. Um, what he says goes. 
Uh, if it was me, I would say, hey, I've just noticed this. I know we've been talking about these boundaries. You had communicated that you wanted to honor them, but man, I really feel like it's been this much time with you violating it. And man, I, I just want to let you know, I feel really discouraged and disrespected and defeated. And I think I just need a little break for a while. And maybe you do too. And maybe that I'll help you think through how to better re-enter this friendship when, whenever you're ready. So something like that. Um, yeah, and it's, it's okay. Okay, so the question was, how do you help two friends who have that relationship and they're hurting each other? And so, I don't know, did you want Frank or? Uh, if you, I mean, okay, I'll, Frank was the one looking in, so that's why. Okay, he's been itching to say something. Come on, Frank. No, no, I haven't. Oh, are you sure? No. I, if you do, you have to come by the mic. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I appreciate the question, Heather. I think it was has been going on for years, and it was really defeating and frustrating for me to see my wife be her punching bag. Mm -hmm. And I just and I'm very protective, and I did not want that to happen any longer. Mm -hmm. But I also had to make a decision, right? I either decide that I'm going to come in, I'm going to swoop in like the hero I want to be, and rescue her. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, I realized if I'm doing that, I'm also implicitly saying. I don't trust you or you're not capable of being the type of person that can assert your own boundaries, right? That was my one option. Or the other one is I want to make sure I'm there to comfort her. I'm helping her define what is too far and what is not. I'm going to help her with some of the translation. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I have to give enough space and trust and believe in her relationship with the Lord and that she's strong enough mm -hmm. to be able to assert and set her own boundaries. Yeah. She just may not learn it at the pace that I want her to. And that's a very different thing. And I chose the second, even though it's painful, because I do believe that my wife hears from the Lord clearly. And I also trust in the strength that she has. And I had to trust that she's going to get there in her time, not mine. Mm -hmm. And so that ended up being the decision I made. So it was difficult to watch, but I yeah. felt like, and I love seeing this, but I also felt like it was what was needed yeah. for her to have that space to. So uh, she owns that, that yeah. value for herself. Thanks, Frank. That's a great answer. All right. It is 2.16, and I want to honor your time. But if you have more questions that we didn't get to, just feel free to, I don't know, keep asking, and we'll... I'm sure see each other throughout the conference. So in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. <laughs>